That one sickness many times. So many times. This is when we get to minister to the Lord. We minister to the Lord in our worship and our praise, but we also minister to the Lord in our finances. And we know the rule of Malachi is no lie. When you give 10% of your income to Jesus, amen, he will rebuke the devourer. How I many of you want the devil rebuke that? You checkbook. Come on. Get the devil out of my bank account, amen. Get the, get the devil off the. You can go to the. You can go buy gasoline today and use your little debit card and a thief is around there somewhere. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Got those little scanners and they will steal your information and begin to swipe money out of your account. How many of y'all have that ever happened to? Amen. That's happened to, that happened to me. But praise God that the devourer was refused, amen, because the bank put a stop payment on that thing, and the bank got a hold of me and said, hey, somebody's got your information. Hey, come on, church. God had my back the whole time. Amen? Amen. You see, that's what happens when you get God in your finances. God will have your back on your finances. Amen? And he will meet your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen? Listen, my two plus two. Uh, you give me two fish, you give me five loaves of bread, and only me and angel are going to give you to eat. Come on. Uh, but you give Jesus two fish and five loaves of bread. Huh? And that the king of kings, the Messiah, oh, he can feed over 5,000 people off that. Come on, church. Yep. And I like to tell people, you know, back in the Bible land, back in Bible time, that's why I used to tell my kids that I was reading a story and I had to put them to go to bed. I said, we're going, to read, we're going to read a story about Jesus. We're going, to, we're going to go back to Bible land and Bible time. Back in Bible land and Bible time, they didn't count the women and the children. They only counted the men. But how many of you women know that there's a fish fry going on? You're going to be there with your husband. Come on, church. There could have been 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 people on that mountain that day that Jesus fed with two fish and five loaves of bread. Come, come can you give Jesus some praise? Amen. Amen. His multiplication is better than ours, amen. And I'm telling you by experience, if you'll trust him today. Am I telling the truth, Brother Wayne? If we'll trust him. Why don't you, Brother Larry, come up here and get ready to take up the offering? If we'll trust him today, church, he'll bless you. Amen. He'll bless you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, as we come to you. As we come to you in need, Father. Lord, we, need, we only need $300, Lord, to take care of the insurance for the year. And God, we know you've got it. We thank you, Lord, for us receiving that $300 to take care of the insurance for the rest of the year. We thank you for that need being met, God. We thank you for all the needs being met right now in the church. But Lord, I ask you, how can the church be blessed if your people are not blessed? You must bless your people. You must open up the windows of heaven and pour out financial blessings upon them so that they can be financially blessed, so that they can have finances to give. How can the church be blessed if the people are not blessed? Thank you, Lord, for blessing the people. Thank you, Lord, for blessing the church. And we thank you, Lord, as we worship you in our tithes and our offerings this morning, that you are rebuking the devourer, that you are accepting our offering. You are accepting our offering this morning of love, accepting our offering this morning of generosity. Lord, of your blessings, you're pouring out blessings right now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Go ahead, ushers. Amen. We're going to go ahead and dismiss our children from Children's Church at this time. Thank you, Sister Micah, and all that you do.
for our church. Amen. Sister Mike is such a blessing to us. Amen. Can I give Sister Mike a hand this morning? Amen. Sister Mike is a blessing to us. Faithfulness. Amen. She's faithful to the Lord. I mean, all of faithfulness is important. Amen. Amen. And Sister Mike has been faithful. She's been with us, uh, I think, going on about two years now. I'm thinking about right. About two years, Sister Mike has been with us, taking care of our children, of course, the Children's Church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, brother, don't let him tell him how to spell out thousands and millions. He may not know, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I always tease Brother Frankie, tell me a rich man in the county, anyways, you know, about one cow. Or he tried to tell me it's all tied up in the farm, but I ain't buying that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God is good to us. We got a special treat this morning. Um, I'm not preaching to you this morning. I'm sorry to disappoint you. You just want to come back another day. But we got somebody that's got a message on their heart, been on their heart for a while, and uh, been begging me to let them, let, let that message out. She's been begging me to let her get behind the pulpit. Amen. She does so much in our church. I don't know what we would do without Pastor Angel over there. Amen. I don't know what we would do without her. You had to have 43 people doing 43 jobs. <laughs> That's about right. Since I've been back to work, she has really stepped up, visiting people, calling people, doing a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't know about. And she's such a blessing to the church. Amen. Can y'all make my wife, Pastor Angel, welcome. Speak into it. Use the use the other mic. Yeah, use the use one of the singing mics. Cordless. There you go. salvation and deliverance and healing. 
So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you right now, move upon this congregation. Let their ears be receptive, their hearts be open, and their minds be willing to listen to what the Word has to say. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you and praise you, and we worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. And we let everything that we do be done and, aid, and say amen to that in Jesus' name. Amen. I get tongue-tied too. That's another part of that. Okay, so God dropped this on me. Y'all going to have some scriptures to keep up with. Um, the first sentence he gave me was, there, is a season, there are seasons that we walk through in our life just like the four seasons on earth. Okay, keep that in mind. Today we're going to talk about summer. Summer in our life, summer in our spiritual walk, and actual summer. We just came out of summer. Who's glad it's over? Okay, shout with me, people. It's, it's time. I'm so glad that summer's over. Now for the cool, crisp fall air. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Okay, because summer represents work. Did y'all know that? Summertime represents the time to work. Because spring is when we plan and when we get things prepared. That six, we're going to get to spring. Spring's our last one we're going to do. But spring is our preparations time. The reason I started with summer is we just came out of summer. And I don't know about y'all, but it was so hot, I am not going to hell. Just gonna throw that out there. If you want to go, bye. I am not going. I don't like heat. Can't take it. It gets above 80 something. I'm like, nope, we're not going to hell today, God. We're gonna go pray for a while just to make sure. So that's me. Do not like heat. The scripture I'm gonna base this one on. Um, this is what he's talking walking and working through the fire for the harvest of souls and being refined by the fire. And preparing for the next season. That's what summer is. Think about it. Who raises a garden in here? Who's ever raised a garden? Who's ever worked in a garden? Who's ever had a grandparent say, go out there and pick me something out of a garden? Okay? Exodus 23, 16, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, and I will explain that to you guys. My teenage class that I teach, they uh, search the different... Um, we call it versions. Yes, who said that word? Good. Versions of scripture. Get my ball on too. Okay, cool. They just clip on it from me. They search the versions that they can understand, and so they they settled on the NLT, the New Living Translation, which you can bounce it off of King James. So just. And I told him this. I said, make sure you have something that you can, you know, make sure it coincides with different versions. So we did that, and that's what we, we, we read out of on, on Thursday nights when we have our youth group. So I've got to find that scripture somewhere. I can't mark too. This was so sad. It's marked, and, and, and I can't find the big paper. Exodus 23, 16. There it is. Now mine says social responsibility. If a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged to anyone and has sex with her, he must pay the customary bride price and marry her. The man must still pay him an amount equal to the bride price of the virgin. Now, I'm not sure why that scripture is there, but it's got to do with summer, I promise. Oh, I read the wrong one. Okay. See, y'all didn't say that. I just let me just read on the wrong scripture. Next time you're supposed to say, uh, nope, wrong one. This one makes more sense now. 
Second, celebrate the festival of harvest. Here we go. When you bring me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season when you have harvested all the crops from your fields. That made more sense. You may be seated. See, that's when the church lets you down. Y'all supposed to help me. Did y'all not think that was an odd scripture on the screen? For a harvest? Then they can really hear me. Okay. So anyway, I was reading and I'm thinking, I don't remember this saying this, but maybe I'm missing something, so I'm gonna wait and finish the scripture and see what God and then I was like, no, that's not right. Anyway, it's about harvest, not the bride. Don't pay for the bride. Don't, don't go do all that stuff. Or well, just don't do that stuff. Don't do that scripture. Anyway, so in the summertime, we harvest, okay? We plant in the spring, we start cultivating in the spring, we start laying the groundwork, we, we plow the ground, we, we hoe out the weeds, we dig up the rocks, right? We do that, right, to get ready for what we need to plant. You see the fruit on the, the picture, right? The picture up there actually represents the fruit that we plant. Well, we're planting fruit in people. If you notice that in summer, that's when you have Christian summer camps, for children and couples. We have the Christian summer camps. We have the retreats. We have the tent revivals. We have, excuse me, most of the outdoor gatherings of Christians to do and learn about God, right? You ever hear of a youth camp in the wintertime? Rarely. You don't spend a week in the winter at youth camp swimming in a lake and fishing and going boating. They do it in the summer because in the summer the kids' minds are free, they're out of school, so they're, they're open to be fed. Think about this. For nine months out of the year, they're being fed. Garbage from our schools, I'm just going to say it. Garbage in our schools is being fed into our children. Evolution. Uh, one lady was telling me the other day that they're using the Harry Potter thing for their school now uh, for second graders who have no choice unless the parent stands up about it. But the point is, they're being fed this stuff. Okay? They take a few weeks, a few days between end of school and summer camp, right? They take a few days, and guess what happens? Their brains are hungry. They're like, I don't know what to do. I woke up this morning, I don't know what to do. If I look at YouTube, I ain't gonna learn nothing. I'm gonna, this is, I'm gonna imitate my grandkids because they're like, I'm watching YouTube. Will you learn anything? No. Nope. Why are you watching it? It's interesting. How is it interesting if you're not learning anything? I don't get it. That's just me. So their brains are ready to be fed. So that's why we jump on youth camp. We jump on BBS. All this starts the minute school ends so that we can throw as much God into them in a month and a half that we get over the summer. That's a field that we're planting. During the winter and the spring, they're being, they're, they're, the seeds are being planted. The seeds are being ready. In the spring, they get spring fever. They don't want to be in school. And we get it too. We don't want to be locked up. We're ready to go outside. We're tired of the cold. We want to go do something fun. We want to enjoy the sunshine until it gets 86 degrees and then it's hell. And we don't want that. So, you know. 
we have all this time for the word to go in. That's why it's pick, they pick summer. When you're in your life, you're going through a season. Each one of us in here is going through a season right now. What I want you to do is take a moment. And I want you to really think. I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of some of the seasons. Summer is your time of work and toiling and harvest. Fall is when you let the bat, all the stuff that you carry in the summer fall off of you, like the leaves falling off the trees. They have to die away so that new growth can come. We have to do the same thing. In the winter, it's time to hibernate with God. It's time for us to get closer to Him. We're not out doing all these activities outside, so we have more time to dedicate to God. And I call that hibernating with God. In the spring is when the new buds start to, you know, again, we're laying the foundation. We're preparing the seeds. We, we, we've hibernated. We've built up our, our strength in Jesus and in God. And then in spring, we get ready to go out and plant. The planting is work, but it's not as hard as what comes in summer. By the end of summer, who's tired? By the end of summer, who looks at their garden and says, I wish it would just go away? Because it's there, and you know, you've got to do something with that residual stuff. Now think about this. Residual stuff in the summer and residual seeds are what we're planting all year long. All summer long. When you're out at the baseball game, you're planting the seed. When you're at um, soccer practice, you're planting the seed. I don't know why they do soccer in the fall. They should be doing it in the summer, but I don't know. My grandson's in soccer. We're doing it now. But these activities in the summer, we're all out there. Fishing, boating, vacations. Everywhere you go, you can plant a seed. Everywhere you go, you can drop a seed in the ground on someone's life. So we're just like the seasons. We're living in those seasons. So right now, think about what season do you find yourself in? Are you in winter? Where you feel like you need to be hibernating with God because you've you, you, you finally got rid of all the excess garbage that you carry around? Are you in summer where you're ready in your shop going, thank you, God, for the cooler air and it's coming. I can shed this. I can get rid of it. I can slow down. Everybody but me can do that. <laughs> I don't get to slow down. But, uh, because, you know, from here we go into uh, Christmas party stuff. There, there's more stuff going on. And fall festivals that Pastor comes up with. <laughs> so, my job never ends, but there's a time in a spiritual time where I can go with God and I go, I need to let all this fall off me. I need to let those leaves drop, but I can't do that until I finish summer, okay? We have to finish the harvest. The harvest comes at the end. How many of you have a garden and sometimes you go out there and you're like an abundance of vegetables and fruit, right? In the beginning, you're overflowing to the point you're giving it to neighbors and friends, the milkman, the mailman, they come up, you're just giving them all kinds. Last year, we had so much uh, zucchini squash, we were giving it to anybody, even the mail lady. I kid you not, there was so much. So you have an abundant year of certain things. And so, and, and you, you can them, and you freeze them, and you do what you got to do with them, and then all of a sudden, it's like, I got too much left. What do I do with it? And you feel like, I need to do something. So you go out and you start sharing. So when you start sharing, you feel better. You start giving and giving. Giving makes you feel good, just so you know. 
When you give to others, it makes you feel really good. Because you're doing it not for anything in return. You're doing it because you want to bless someone. When you reach that place with God where you just want to bless someone, the peace and joy that you get in return outweighs anything else you will ever get. I can promise you that. So, for me, summer, I didn't do a garden this year because I was like, yeah, last year was too much. We had, we had weird cantaloupes growing and, and over abundance of zucchini and um, tomatoes that wouldn't get bigger than this. And they were supposed to be this big. But they wouldn't get bigger than this. So, but of course I didn't tend to the garden like I should. How many of us forget about the garden after we get a good bumper crop in a few times and then we're like, we're over it, so, you know, Lord, let the animals have the, the excess fruit or vegetables. to you and asked you for a coat 
and you have it to give him and you don't give it to him, man's going to go away cold. Yeah? He's going to go away cold. Or if he asks for food and you have food and you're, say you're holding two hamburgers and he's like, I, I'm starving, I haven't eaten in a month or whatever. And you say, oh, well, be blessed and don't be hungry anymore, but you keep your food. He's still going to be hungry. God wants us to change that. He wants us to be generous. In the summer part of our season, we are workers. We are doers. We are givers. We are our livers. We are living. And I say livers, not, not the liver in your body. We are livers because we live. We are living outside the four walls of the church. How many of you have been on a vacation or, or went somewhere this summer? Left your house, did something, anything. I went on two vacations. Older grandkids, younger grandkids. Older granddaughters and then the grandsons. And this coming weekend, I'm doing a vacation with my little granddaughter, Charlotte. It's going to be a mini vacation because I'm not going to take her out state too far. She, she's the precious one of everybody. They won't let me take her too far. But anyway, so we're doing three vacations with our grandkids this year. Never done that before. But I'm getting one in fall because she likes the color of the leaves change. Anyway, we did two summer vacations. They're tiring. If you've ever been on a vacation with teenagers and preteens, it's tiring. Don't do it together. Do it separately. They will kill you if you do it together. So anyway, we went, and everywhere we went, you know, we're representing God. There's people cussing their kids. There's people being mean. There's people, you hear it in public. You hear this. And you sit there, and, and you think, how am I treating my child? How am I treating my grandchild? How am I treating my husband? You know, even when I got mad at him, I was like, go take a walk. I do this new thing with my granddaughter. Riley um, has ADD really bad, and um, she gets really excited about stuff. And so she was like talking to me, and she's like, like doing this, going really fast, going really fast, really fast. And I looked there, and I, I, I walked up to her just calmly, and I touched her nose, and I went, pause. And it confused her, and she stopped. <laughs> so I was like, hey, that worked. I can pause you now. <laughs> Try it sometimes. You just get really calm. Just go and pause them. But um, she realized what I was doing, and she was like, okay, I took a, she took a breath and came back down. See, we get so busy working and trying to get that harvest in. We want souls in in the summer. Let me tell you what happened this summer for us in this church. The tent revival yielded, how many was it, Pastor? How many got saved at the tent revival? 36. 36 people got saved or rededicated their life to Christ, and about 14 baptisms, spontaneous baptisms took place over at Copeland Hall where we had the tent revival. That's a harvest. It's not a harvest for us. It's a harvest for him. we got to stop making it about the church that you're in. Yes, it's great when the church grows. It's great when people come in, and it's great when people stay and want to be a part of what we're doing. But what we've got to be doing is harvesting and, and doing summer work for God. We've got to be out there doing the job. We've got to do that. Because if we don't do that, the souls that are lost, think about it. This is about souls. It's not about a church name. It's not about a church building. It's not about anything to do with four walls. It's to do with what God's great commission is to us. What is that? Y'all know? Go forth and tell all the world about me. Go spread the gospel. Spread the good news. Share me with the world. We have a dying world out there. Have y'all been seeing? It's, it's messed up, okay? How messed up is it outside this door? It is so messed up. And God wants us to fix that, and guess how we fix it? You know what we let slide as a church? We let them take prayer out of schools because the church didn't stand up. We let them take Bibles out of schools because the church didn't stand up. 
We let them bring witchcraft into the schools and teach it as a curriculum because the church didn't stand up. We gotta stop, stop not standing up. We're old, we're tired. Y'all don't think I'm that old, but I am. Old and tired, but we've still got to fight as long as there's breath in us. I'm gonna live to be 114 just to spot some people. Okay? I have a plan. I got 100, if I'm 114, he's gonna be 117. And the day after our 100th year anniversary, we go into heaven. We didn't make this, I didn't talk to God, that's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna go to bed that night, next morning we're gonna wake up in heaven after 100 years on earth. So my point being is I have a goal. So if I'm gonna live that long, I got a lot of work to do. I can't sit back, I can't just take it easy. There's going to be people that don't like you. There's going to be people that talk about you. There's going to be people that make it hard for you to want to get up and go hoe that garden. They're the plants that you got to hoe and you've got to weed and you've got to water and you're like, I don't want to deal with them today. And God's like, no, you're going to. You planted them. Your responsibility is to take care of them. I gave them to you. You said, send me, Lord, I will go. Who said that and they and then thought twice about it after you did. How many of you have said, send me God, I'll go and they go, mm, I don't want to go there though. Or can we go at a different time? And he's like, nope, right now. But 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 my show's on. Uh DVR. <laughs> or just skip it. Uh, the Bulldogs are playing. Yeah, don't mess with the Bulldogs. <laughs> but no, I recorded, so it's good. Um, Pastor about had a heart attack yesterday watching. He can't watch with me no more. I ban him again. Every year I ban him from watching football with me because he stresses me. You know, I'm sitting there going, these boys are out there playing their heart out. Leave them alone. And he's like, they need to do better. Leave them alone. Let's see if they win it first. If they don't win, then you can complain. So, you know, I'm sure every team is like that. But Pastor, I mean, I'm like, mm -hmm, I'm going to ban you from watching with me. You just cannot watch the game with me no more. You stress me out. But we get stressed about summer. Now, how many of you feel like your body, you've been going and going? You're like the Energizer Bunny. Who's an Energizer Bunny in here with me? Come on, be, be honest. You've been an Energizer Bunny all summer with me, right? Guess what? It's fall. September 23rd, first day of fall. We're moving into fall, y'all. So, if it sounds like desperation in my voice, it's there. It's real. I've already got my smart Christmas shopping done. That's how fast I want this winter and fall to come, okay? Now, every father will multiply your seed that you sowed and increase your harvest. Go to Isaiah 9 and 3. I know. Yeah, about that time. Yes, to keep me on track because, like I said, each one of these is, is in itself. It's on Revelation time. This is what I, I want to get uh, revealed to you for. I, I really like to pray. Is, uh, let me get to Isaiah 9 3. It's awful when you get old and you can't read and you get on wearing contacts because. I can't see with the, the bifocals, they get me dizzy when I keep going up and down, up and down looking, so this is easier, but it's also a pain to have to wear reading glasses. And I'm young, I'm so young. I'm only 30, I'm just kidding. I'm actually 30, 25. Uh, no, uh, Isaiah 9, 
says, You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice with you. Lord, I can't say it. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. In the fall, in the summer, at the end of summer, divvy up the, 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 the stuff you get out of the garden, right? Give it up. If you have too much, you give it to family, right? If you, have, if you have children, you say, come get this, come get that. That's what God's saying. He's saying the harvest time is coming to an end. It's time to get ready to rest. If you've been go, go, going, if you feel like your life is just constant go, there's a time of rest coming. God wants you to know that. We live in each season, just like the four seasons that we have on earth. We live in these seasons. If you get, you can, it can be wintertime, and instead of summer, and you're go, go, going, you're, you're still in a summer season, spiritually. See, the seasons don't coincide with the, the earthly seasons. Whatever season you're in right now, you need to ask yourself, am I in a season of rest? Have I already reached fall? Am I in a season of winter to do hibernation? Because God wants to keep me solidly with him where I'm doing nothing but getting with him I'm, I've got more time to read I've got more time to study, more time to pray are you in the winter season? are you in the fall season where God's trying to rid you of all the dead weight that you got on you that he's trying to sling off that he, he, okay, all of us know well, hair comes out of women, right? when you comb your hair, we lose hair my, I shed like a chia pet it's weird so my daughters will come up and they're like you have hair everywhere I said, God just get rid of all the dead stuff but um, that's the, the thing. It's like the trees. Pastor fights a never-ending fall battle with leaves in our parking lot. He hates leaves, apparently. It's a big thing. He fights them. He chews them up. Him and Brother Larry, they get out here tag-teaming these leaves. But the leaves are dying for a reason. If the leaves don't die, and if we don't let all this bad extra stuff we carry die off of us, God can't heal us and bring us into a new life. He can't bring us into a new place with him. You know, it, it's kind of like, say, this is God. And I, I have this one thing that God has to, to, to let die off of me like a leaf. And when it does, it allows me the freedom to step closer to him. And that's what he wants for us. He wants us to embrace the seasons that we're going through because each season serves a purpose in your life. Now, I was nervous about doing the, the, the summer, so I'm going to go over some quick notes. I'm not going to hit all the scriptures. When our harvest increases, we are to have joy for the increase. We quickly forget the harvest of souls that comes to Jesus because we are tired from toiling in the heat. Now, how many of you get tired from toiling in the heat when it comes to people that you want to save? When it comes to the people you want to to save you, your family, people, and friends, anybody that you know needs salvation. And you've given them the word, you've shared your testimony, and you just keep working, and you keep working, and you're, just, you're so tired. And you just want to quit. You're like, God, you're just never going to You know, I give up. But we can't do that because you know what? Right at that point of giving up, right when the, the miracle may happen, and they say, you know what? I see the light. I want God. I want the salvation. You know, so we get tired from toiling in the heat. You see, the heat is truly on when we go to the harvest in summer. 
We are willing to walk through the are, are you willing to walk through the fire for the lost souls? How many of you are willing to go through your summer where you have to work and you have to toil and you have to deal with heat and, and not just the physical heat? Let me explain this real quick. Um, the heat that you endure when you're trying to bring the word to someone who is lost is the heat of rejection, the heat of accusation, the heat of lie, people lying on you, people trying to discredit you, people trying to do anything they can. That's your heat. Can you handle that kind of heat? Can you handle the heat of people? The heat of people in their mouths that like are like snake venom coming out. Can you handle that? When you're trying to work and pray for someone's soul to keep them out of hell. Think about it. There's a day that the seed that we plant in someone will become a plant and grow. It will happen. It takes time. You ever seen a slow grow? Okay, let me, I'm going to put this out your whole spirit thing. Cicadas. Underground 17 years, some up 13 years. They hatch every year, but it's in a rotation of 17 years. They live in the ground for 17 years. Your seed wow. might be there for, how, how long was it before your grandfather got saved? 40 plus years. 40 something years that seed laid dormant. Until he got saved. You gotta be willing to withstand a 40-year seed. You gotta not give up. You gotta keep that hope going because hope is what? It is the faith. Hope, faith is okay, I'm messing it up, Pastor Say it. Hope is the evidence of things not seen. Things not seen. So I always get tongue tied on that one. But that's what hope is, and we've got to have that hope. I'm going to finish reading this, and then I will, I will get ready to close with this. Um, there's a day when it's going to grow and produce a seed and flourishes. And when the harvest is ready, and that soul is ready to accept Jesus, it could be in, um, it could be during sorrow, when they're going through sorrow. It could be when they're in joy. But most of the time, I will tell you this in my experience, a person comes to accept their seed from Jesus the time of sorrow. When they're at their lowest of lows, that's when they finally give God a chance. And that is just human nature. Now, y'all can look at this one later, Jeremiah 5.24, and it, it basically says, there's an appointed time for your harvest to come. You must not rush your harvest. All gardeners know, if you go rush a plant, you won't get your fruit, will you? If you try to, miracle grow does not always make it grow. So if you rush your harvest, if you rush it with a person, you can turn them away from God forever. Yeah. And you can't, and you got to be careful not to do that. But I'm going to, uh, let's see. We need to take the time, even when we are drained by the heat. And again, that heat's not just physical heat. I just equate it to that. God said just equate it to the natural heat, because you know how you get drained from the natural heat? Well, when the heat of someone coming at you constantly constantly uh, talking bad about you or telling people that you're a liar or you're this or you're that, you know, people constantly doubting you. Don't get there. Jesus said, he, you know, vengeance is his. But when they're doing that, can you withstand the heat that you're in and still nurture and preserve that seed that you planted in that person? So, I mean, this isn't a shouting message. Next one might be because fall's going to be fun. I'm just going to throw that out there. Fall will be fun. I love fall. Everything about fall. Fall is fun. 
I, I like the bed stuff. I like the other stuff. What am I doing? Am I bumping the way? Should I go over here? No, I'm hanging. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a kid that I hate him. He sits there so quietly. Um, what I want to, what God wants to share with you guys. What he wants to share with us today is, um, what season are you in? Do you need help in your season? Are you struggling in your season that you're in right now? Do you need a helping hand of prayer to get you through this season so that we can move to the next one, whether, whether for you it's fall or winter, spring or summer? We are in seasons that God wants to grow us. Summer is what the end result of everything God does in us is. We are, we are, we are building up to summer all year long. We start in fall and we start building to summer because summer's when the harvest comes in. Summer's when the people are receptive. Summer is when you are around the people the most. You know, people think that it's the holidays. It's not. Most families don't even get together hardly for holidays. They really don't. And it's sad. So if you would like prayer to help you through a season that you're in, you know, you can just say, I'm in a season. You ain't got to say what it is. Just say, I want prayer. I want to get through this season because 